All right, well, last week we kicked off our series, The Simple Mathematics of Spiritual Growth, by talking about the things that God wants to grow in us and the process by which we build the habits that actually grow the things that God wants to grow, that God wants to grow things, not habits, that God wants to grow our faith, not habits, that habits are the tools, that habits are not the goals, but habits are the tools by which we grow spiritually. And we said that God wants to use a process of discipline, desire, and delight to establish the habits that lead to things that God wants to develop in our lives. And what does God ultimately want to grow through our habits? We looked at this list, and there may be more than this, but there's certainly not less that God wants to grow. God wants to grow our trust in Him, our dependence on Him, our awareness of Him, our heart to be like His heart, our mind to be like His mind, to think the thoughts that God thinks, and our love to be like His love. And what we said last week is that God will use the tools of our spiritual habits to grow those things. And in a simple but profound way, God will use spiritual habits that add to our lives to do so. And we'll use spiritual habits that subtract things that aren't really healthy or productive in order to grow the things that God wants to grow. So today, to get us in a bit of an addition mindset, today we're going to talk about the habits that add to our lives, that God uses to add things to our lives. Today, to get in an addition mindset, I'm going to put up a few math problems on the screen, and we're going to see if you can solve these. Now, I know some of you... You're, all, you're, you're going to get big, you're, you're, you're big mad about math problems in church. You don't like the idea of a series even hinting about math, and now I'm actually having you do math. You're like, I'm out, I'm leaving the church, and I get it. People have left the church, left churches for worse reasons than math, okay? So I get it. But while you're here, while you're still tuning in, let's have some math fun if that's possible. First, first problem, 17 plus 11. The answer is... 28. If you got 28, would you write that in the comment section here? If you get the if you know the answer before I say it, put it in the comment section. If you feel confident that you've got it right, put it in that comment section. Next one. 42 plus 25. 42 plus 25. The answer is 67. Right. Yes, you hit in the comment section. That was great. Okay. Now we're going to hit the next one. 22 plus 55 plus 55 equals, and the answer is 132. Now, we're going to tweak this a little bit, okay? We're going to tweak the problem, we're going to tweak the equation here. X, 8 plus X equals 45, solve for X. You're like, this is why, this is why I didn't like high school. This is why I'm not, I say, oh, no, okay, we're, this is getting us somewhere, okay? 8 plus X equals 45, solve for X. The answer is X equals 37, okay? And here's the next one, last problem. 33 plus X equals 54, solve for X. And X equals 21. Okay, now here's the reason I want us thinking like that as much as it pains some of us to do math in church or math in general. Here's the reason I want us thinking like that as we talk about the habits that help to grow the things that God wants to grow in us. What we're ultimately doing as we talk about that is solving for X in a different equation. So here's what those equations look like. My life plus X equals a growing awareness of God's presence and activity in my life. Solve for X. My life plus X equals a growing trust in God. My life plus X equals a growing dependence on God. My life plus X equals a mind, my mind that's becoming more like God's mind. My life plus X equals my heart becoming more like God's heart. My life plus X equals my love becoming more like God's love. 
And so what we're attempting to do today as we talk about the habits that God will use to add things to your life, that God will use to grow your faith, to grow your mind, to grow your heart, to grow your awareness, to grow your trust, to grow your dependence, is we're talking about solving for X. What is it that God wants to add to your life? And what are the habits that God will use to add to your life to develop the things that God wants to grow in your life. The first one is a Bible habit. The second one is a a prayer habit. The third one is a generosity habit. And the fourth one is a worship habit. Let's dive in today by talking about a Bible habit. The first one is a Bible habit. And a Bible habit, here's what a Bible habit does. A Bible habit gets me into God's word so God can get his word into me. A Bible habit gets me into God's word so that God can get his word into me. You can say it this way. A Bible habit regularly and routinely gets me into God's word so God can regularly and routinely get his word into me and into my life. See, a Bible habit looks like this. We we read the word of God. This might mean that, let me just talk real practically about about what a Bible habit can look like. It might be that you read 15 minutes daily. You set an an amount of time. Could be that you read three chapters daily or three or five chapters daily. Uh, I believe it's if you were trying to read through the entire Bible in one year and you were going to read every day for 365 days, you would need to read about four chapters a day. It could mean that you have a a habit or a plan where you read a, a Psalm every day, a proverb every day, and a New Testament chapter every day. It could be a lot of different things, but you read every day and it's simple reading. It's getting the word of God in front of me, into my head, into my brain so that I am reading the word of God every day. This another part of the, a Bible habit can mean that you study. And this is where you read slowly with maybe a commentary or a Bible dictionary or a Holy Land map open to understand deeper than, than, than what you what you understand on the surface. Maybe it's doing an in-depth word study, finding all the instances of grace, finding all the times where God's love is mentioned. So I'm going to go, you know, for a week or two at a time, and I'm going to try to figure, find every instance of this term, of this concept, of this idea, so, and see what the Bible has to say about it as, whole, as a whole. This is actually the beginning of what we call systematic theology. What does the Bible say about it as a whole? Not just one verse, but what does the Bible say about it as, as a whole? And so we read and we study and we internalize. Internalizing can happen through journaling, can happen through reflection, can happen through memorization, can happen in a lot of different ways, but it's where you take the word of God that you have read and you internalize it, meaning you think about it, you meditate on it, you journal and and respond to it so that you know how you're supposed to respond to it. A Bible habit gets me into God's word regularly so God can regularly get his word into me. I love these verses from Psalm 119. We read these verses last week, but this is what happens when we read the word of God on a regular basis, when we develop the habit of spending time in the Bible. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is Psalm 119, 11, and then 15 and 16. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. I will delight. I will study. I have hidden. I've done the discipline, the desire. I'm finding delight, but I'm doing that because I've regularly spent time in the word of God. I've allowed myself to get into the word of God so God can get his word into my heart so that it's hidden in my heart, hidden in my mind. And in Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. 
This is what a, a, a Bible habit looks like. We, we spend time disciplining ourselves to be in the Word of God when it's not easy. We find ourselves desiring more of it because we see how applying it works in our lives. And then it becomes the delight of our lives as it guides my feet, as it's a light for my path. As we read, as we study, as we memorize Scripture. Today, I, I, ultimately, like, again, you're like, this is, this is actually pretty basic. Here's the thing, though, that I, that I want to talk about today. As we read and study and memorize Scripture, here's a phenomenal and transformational question. In my Bible time, am I studying the Bible or studying the God of the Bible? We read it one more time. In my Bible time, am I studying the Bible or studying the God of the Bible? In other words, am I trying to get to know the Bible and understand the Bible, or am I working to get to know the person behind the Bible that the Bible is all about. Let's be honest, so many of us, and I was this way for a long time while I was starting out reading the Bible, even through a big chunk of ministry school, we read the Bible to understand the Bible. We read the Bible to check a daily box. We read the Bible to, let's be honest, to read the Bible because we know we're supposed to read the Bible. And every once in a while, when we're in that mode, we still will stumble on something we understand or a compelling story, or we see some pieces come together. But when we read the Bible for the Bible's sake, we're not gonna see much growth as a result. It's only when we understand this truth. We read the Bible to know more about God and to know God more. We are not just trying to understand the Bible. We're not just trying to understand where someone was when they said this. We're not just trying to understand a story. We're trying to understand the person that the story is all about. We're trying to understand Jesus because Jesus was the, is, is, the invisible, is the visible image of the invisible God. He showed us everything that we need to know about God. We're not just trying to understand the Bible. We're not just trying to know more about the Bible. We're trying to know more about God and to know more and to know God more because when you get this right. When you read the Bible in this way, to know God, to understand him more, to recognize his activity and understand his heart and his thoughts and get a grip on how big his love really is, it's a game changer. And more importantly, it's a you changer. It changes everything about how you see God when the Bible is more than just the Bible, but the Bible is the story of God, the word of God, the instructions of God, the commands of God from God to the people of God. So we know his heart, so we know his mind, so we know his ways, so we know his plans, so that ultimately at the end of the day, we know him. And that's why we read, and that's why we want to spend time routinely in the Bible, and that's why we want to regularly spend time in the Bible, so that we get to know the God of the Bible, not just the Bible itself, but we get to know the God of the Bible. And when you get this right, here's why this is such a you changer. It grows our trust in God as we learn to not only believe in God, but to also believe him enough to follow what he says. It grows our awareness as we're inspired by stories of the people's faith. That when we see the way God worked for Moses, we see the way that God was faithful to David, and we see the way that God was faithful to Noah, and when we see the way that God was faithful over and over and over and over again throughout scripture to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Joseph and to the people of Israel and to, to God's people throughout generations after generation. When we see the way that God is faithful, it inspires us to know that God is never not working. He is always working. We grow our awareness as we see how he was working through other people's lives. It transforms our heart as we learn what God loves. When you look to scripture, you see what God loves. And as you see what God loves and you want to know God more, your heart becomes more loving as you see how God loves and what God loves. It transforms our mind as we learn God's thoughts. 
It transforms our minds as we learn God's thoughts. And when we see God's thoughts and we learn His ways and His instructions and His commands and His promises, we internalize those things and we become people who tend to think the thoughts of God. It grows our love as we see God's unconditional love on display and our heart becomes more loving as we see the heart of God on display. Our love becomes more unconditional as we see the unconditional love of God. This is why it's important to daily, regularly, routinely spend time reading and studying and internalizing the Word of God because it changes us from the outside in and then from the inside out. The Bible, God's Word, is not just God's words to us. It's God's words about Himself and His faithfulness and His heart and His love and His grace, all so that we can know Him. Second habit is a habit of prayer. See, what you know and what I know is that prayer tends to be one of two things. Prayer is either a repetitive request of God or it's an ongoing conversation with God. And can I just tell you as, as your pastor, if all prayer is, is repetitive requ requests of God, you don't actually really need a prayer habit. Just come to God with your request when there's a need. That type of prayer doesn't really do much to grow you, except when you see God answer your prayer. But let's be honest, that has more to do with seeing God's power than anything about your prayer actually changing you. What does change us and grow us is when prayer becomes an ongoing conversation with our Heavenly Father. So if I can tell you something about the habit that you should grow, you should grow a habit of an ongoing conversation with your Heavenly Father. And when prayer is an ongoing conversation, at least three things happen. Number one is that when prayer is an ongoing conversation, prayer becomes an invitation into our lives, not just into our need. In 2 Chronicles 31 verse 21, it says this, in all that he did in the service of the temple of God and in his efforts to follow God's laws and commands, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful. What Hezekiah did, and this is why I bring this up, this is what, what, they're, what the author of, of 2 Chronicles is describing. Hezekiah, in all that he did, in all that he did, he sought the Lord. In all that he did, he had a time of prayer and an ongoing conversation with God, allowing himself to hear from God, allowing himself to be guided and directed by God, allowing God to speak and point the way, allowing God to correct him when needed. That in everything he did, in all that he did, he sought God wholeheartedly. When, we in, when prayer becomes more an ongoing conversation and, and not just bringing our list of our needs to God, prayer is an invitation into our lives, into all that we do, not just our moments of need. And you want God involved in all of your life, not just in your moments of need. You want God involved in all of your life because that's what a growing relationship is. So prayer, when it's an ongoing conversation, it's an invitation into our lives, not just our need. And a daily prayer habit allows God to come into your everyday life not just your moments of need. Number two is when prayer is an ongoing conversation, prayer allows God to guide us on the front end of a decision instead of saving us on the back end of a mistake. In Psalm 25, verse four and five, it says, show me the right path, O Lord. David wrote, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saved me. All day long, I put my hope in you. In other words, this is saying like, look, we either invite God into, into the conversation one of two ways. Either it's going to be that we do, do what we want to do, make the mistakes that we're going to make, and then we ask God to save it and make it right after the mistake has been made. 
or we come to God on the front end of things and in the ongoing conversation of, with, with our Heavenly Father, in the ongoing conversation of life, when something is important to me, I bring it to my Heavenly Father for His advice, for His guidance, for His direction, for His wisdom, and I allow Him to speak and point the way even in the moments where Scripture doesn't point the way, where Scripture doesn't have something specific to say. I bring it to my Heavenly Father and allow Him to speak and to guide me and to show me the way that is right on the front end instead of having to save me on the backside of a mistake. And when prayer is an ongoing conversation, we allow God to guide us on the front end instead of saving us on the back end. And number three is that when prayer is an ongoing conversation, prayer is our first option instead of our last resort. And again, this may actually be the same thing as what we just said, but this is instead of our, instead of like, God, when I have a need, I'm just going to bring it straight to you. Instead of trying to figure it out on my own, instead of trying to work through it in my own power and in my own wisdom, in my own guidance, God, I'm going to come to you first. When I realize the power of God, when I realize the power of a conversation with God, I come to God first because that's my first line of thinking instead of my last resort. Instead of my last resort, well, well, I guess I've tried everything else, so God, can you do something? This is going to God as the first option, saying, God, you're, my, you're the first place I turn, not the last place I look. And as we do this, if we get this, I'm just telling you, if you, when you experience prayer in this way, when you develop a daily habit of prayer, whether it's, it starts with five minutes, 10 minutes, if it moves to a half hour, if it moves to an hour of prayer every day, if you're praying two hours every day, whatever your daily habit of prayer is, as it starts small and it grows, what you will find is that prayer, through our habit of prayer, God grows our awareness as we learn to listen for the voice of God. Like we, like we, we become more aware that God is always speaking. The real question is, are we listening? And as we begin to listen, we become more aware that God is always speaking because he guides and directs constantly as we open ourselves up to him in prayer. He grows our dependence as we daily remind ourselves how much we need God, that our daily lives don't really make sense unless we're hearing the voice of God unless we're spending time in conversation with God. And it grows our trust in Him as we see Him direct and guide us into goodness and blessing. Prayer is a, one of those other ways that God wants to grow our faith big time, to stretch us and grow things in us spiritually that we can't grow in any other way. So God wants to grow us through the habit of Bible reading, through the habit of prayer, through a, a Bible habit, through a prayer habit. And the number three is God wants to grow us through a generosity habit. Now, this sounds a little odd because like, where, whereas in a Bible habit, we receive something, so it's addition. And in prayer, we receive something, so it's addition. When we think of generosity, generosity is giving away something that I have. So our first thought is generosity. We should talk about that next week. And by the way, you know, Chris probably... I'm not going to, if you talk about it next, I'm not going to tune in because I don't want to hear you talk about generosity. Our first thought is that generosity would be a habit of subtraction, but I want to help us see this correctly today. Generosity is a habit by which God adds to our life and faith by the process of us choosing generosity with our time, our talent, and even our treasure. See, here's what this looks like. John chapter 3, verse 16, maybe the most famous verse in the Bible, famous verse of scripture. It's still held up to this day at sporting events. You, know, in, in, you watch it, the goalpost so, uh, at a football game. Someone's holding up a sign for John 3, 16 because they want the attention on John 3, 16. Here's what John 3, 16 says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved so God gave. Generosity is the natural outflow of the love 
of God. Here's why this is important for us to understand how this is an additional habit. By his very nature, God is generous. The natural outflow of his love was his choice of generosity, to give of his only son, Jesus. And if you can make this connection with me, every time we choose generosity, we move in the direction of becoming more like God. And this is why we build habits around generosity, because it puts us in a position of regularly and routinely and habitually becoming more like God. That every time I give of my time, every time I give of my talent, every time I give of my treasure, I am becoming more like the heart of God, more like the action of God, because God by his nature is generous toward us. He gives of his time. He gives of his talent, his ability, and he gives of his treasure, his one and only son. He gives like he, like he gives of the most treasured things that he has, that God by his nature is generous. And when we choose generosity, we are choosing to move in the direction of God. This is how generosity adds to our life. It makes us more and more and more like God. It transforms our heart to become more like his heart. As we give, God grows and expands our heart, but he also shapes our heart. I mean, this is God, God does some of the biggest work that he does in our hearts through generosity to make our heart more like his. He grows our heart. He expands our heart, becomes our hearts for people, our hearts for the world, our hearts for missions, our hearts to see needs met. It becomes bigger, but he also shapes our heart because as we give to honor God, we naturally want to give to what God cares about the most. So we spend our time on what God cares about the most. We give our talent to what to build what God cares about the most. And we give of our treasure to what God cares about the most. Transform, it transforms our hearts to become more like his heart. And if you're wondering why, I think this is so important for us to understand. The things that God cares about the most, what I know from scripture is that one of the things that God cares about most is the local church. And an opportunity, any opportunity we have to give of our time to invest in building the local church. Anytime we have to, any opportunity we have to give of our talent to build the local church, we're moving our heart in the direction of what God cares about most. And as we give financially, we're, we're giving to, to build and invest in what God cares about most in the local church. He transforms our heart to become more like his heart as we take the opportunity to be generous and as we do that over and over again. And then finally, he transforms our love to become more like his love. That our love, as we choose generosity, as we choose generosity, as we choose generosity, as we choose generosity, it becomes more and more the natural outflow of our love. And we said, you know, God loves, so God gave. It was the natural outflow. And it may not be the natural outflow of your life when you begin. This is why there's di- why, become, why we wanted to under, want to undergird it with discipline. It's a discipline, something we have to choose. But as time goes on, what's amazing about this This is the process we talked about last week. It was a discipline. It's a desire. And then it becomes the delight. It becomes the natural outflow that where previously was hard to part with my time, hard to use my talent for something that I didn't naturally care about, hard to part with my finances to build something that God wanted to build and to meet the needs of someone that I may not have a a real affection for. As, as, As we choose generosity, it moves from discipline to desire to delight where the natural outflow of my life and the natural outflow of God's love for me and the natural outflow of God's love through me is that I will be generous to the things that God cares about and to the people around me. I choose generosity as it becomes the natural outflow of my life as God transforms my love to become more like his love. And since the natural outflow of his love is generosity, the natural outflow of my life 
as I choose it becomes generosity. So a couple questions for you today. Do you have a regular time where you give of your time? Have you decided that, there, that this is the time every single week, this is the time every single day where I dedicate my life to spending time with, the, with these people? Have you, do you have a regular time where you give of your talent? It may be to build a local church. It may be to build something else that God cares about. It may be investing your talent and your ability into, into something that serves people. It may be spending your time into a place that serves people. Do you have a consistent plan to give of your treasure? Again, I think the first place we do this is through is in a local church. And then after the local church, if you're like, I want to be generous beyond the local church, you make the decision to do that. But the way that we form the habit that grows our heart and grows our love and transforms our mind and transforms our, our heart and transforms our love is to, give, is to regularly give of our time and regularly give of our talent and regularly give of our treasure. And I think one of the best places that we can do that, and one of the reasons that I've invested my life, my entire life in, the, in building local church is because I know God cares about the local church and God wants the church funded and God wants the church equipped with talent and God wants the church equipped with time. And so if we develop habits that regularly give of our time and talent and treasure to the local church. God uses that to grow our heart, to change our heart, to change our mind, and to grow our love to reflect his love. And when you have those consistent regular times in place and a consistent plan in place to systematically choose generosity, generosity adds some incredible things in your life that it's possible that nothing else will add in your life. And the final habit so God wants to grow, your, grow us and add to our lives through a Bible habit, through a prayer habit, through a generosity habit. And finally, he wants to grow us and grow our faith and add to our life through a worship habit. See, a lot of us think of worship as something that is just the singing part of a church service. And if you do, that's okay. But I think worship can be a valuable daily habit to develop beyond the church service. Daily habit, weekly habit, monthly, like whatever it looks like for you. But I think on some level, it should happen every day. See, Jesus said this in John chapter 4, starting in verse 23 through verse 24. He said this, But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. See, this is what worship is. Worship, you know, again, when we think it's just a song time during a church service, we've missed the heart of what worship is supposed to be. It's emotion, spirit, meeting with the truth or the reality of, of, of what is really true. It's our, our emotion, our emotional response to what God has done to his faithfulness to us and the reality that God sits on the throne and God is stronger than we can possibly imagine. God is more powerful than we can possibly imagine. And the two things come together. And when our emotion meets the reality of who God is, uh, the proper response is just an awe and worship of God, because this is what worship is. Worship is consciously and actively giving our attention, our affection, and our devotion to our Heavenly Father. Notice, it's so interesting what Jesus says. The natural response to knowing and seeing and experiencing God is that we would become worshipers, that we would worship. And again, that doesn't have to happen musically, although in churches, a lot of times that's what it happens musically. But let me give you a couple ways that can happen. It can happen in singing and music. It can. That's why we do it at church. That's why we gather together and we sing and we lift up our voices because there's something that happens when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we remind ourselves of the goodness of God that we've seen in our lives, that we saw through the cross. We remind ourselves of the goodness of God. So it can happen in singing and music. It can also happen in silence and solitude, thinking about how great God is. I mean, for some of us, 
We got, we've gotten so fixated on the big and the loud that we forget that in our moments of silence and solitude, and you're like, I don't have a whole lot of this. We're going to talk about that next week. But in the moments where life is really quiet, I don't have to fill it with noise. I can actually fill the moments when life is quiet, when I'm, all, when I'm a little bit isolated by choice. I can choose, instead of filling it with people, instead of filling it with noise, I can fill it with the thoughts that God has been so good to me. God has been so faithful to me. When I sit down and I think about the goodness of God, when I think about how strong God, like, like, have you had a moment where you've done that? Like, I've had moments where I've done that and I just end up weeping and I end up rejoicing and I end up celebrating and sometimes all at the same time because in the middle of the silence and solitude, I experience the presence of God because God speaks to us in a still small voice, just as he does on the mountaintop with a big booming loud voice. Like he does both. And God can speak to you in the moments and remind you, and you can find yourself in a worshipful moment in the silence and solitude of life as you think, as you point your thoughts at the goodness and greatness of God. It can happen through artistic expression that glorifies God. If you're someone who likes to paint, you're someone who likes to draw, you're someone who likes to do pottery, you're someone who likes to write poetry, you're someone who likes to write stories, what you do is you decide that at some point along the natural rhythm of your life and your natural interest of life, you decide to use that painting to glorify God, to use that drawing to glorify God. You're like, I'm not even good at drawing or, 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 or painting, but I like to color. Did you know they have scriptural coloring, ver- coloring books? I bought some for my children. They haven't used them yet because they're not coloring books of cartoon characters that they love. But they're going to get to know over the course of life that they can color which they love, and they can color in a way that brings honor to to God, they can bring artistic expression that glorifies God and reminds them of who God is as they color in these Bible verse, mem- these, these scripture memory verses. It can happen in nature as we hike through God's creation and intentionally take moments to think about how great God is. Now, sometimes people go, oh, I experienced God in nature. That might be true. How do you experience God in nature? But as we get out and into God's, into the wilderness, as we get into God's creation, we turn our eyes not just to like, oh, okay, I'm watching where I'm walking, but we turn our eyes and we turn our attention and we turn our thoughts, not just to what we're doing, but who created everything that we're enjoying? Who created the mountains? Who created the trees? Who created the leaves? Who created the process by which leaves change color? Who created the process by which weather, like, I mean, like, like when you think about the wonders of God, when we think of the, the majesty of creation and that there's a God who created it all. And so he's bigger than everything that we see and experience in creation. I mean, like you can't help but wonder at God and wonder at God is worship of God. See, again, this can happen through a gratitude journal where you take some time at the end of every day and you record one thing you're grateful for and express your gratitude toward God as your ultimate provider. Worship can look a lot of different things, but the important thing is figuring out within your own personality, within your natural interests and rhythms, how to turn it into a habit. Now, again, one of the ways this can happen, I'm going to speak from, from our experience, one of the ways this happens is through a church habit. A church habit is an awesome way to take some time every week to join in worship with others. Again, we do this every week at church. We do this every week at church online. I don't know if it translates all the same as it does in person, but we do this every week in church online and church in person that we get we get to spend some time not just studying the Word of God, but joining with others as we worship, as we lift up our voices in musical expression of gratitude, of honor, of worship, of praise, 
we develop a worship habit. It happens every week, but for our family, on a daily habit, what this looks like is our family, we have a family rule, we exclusively listen to worship music in the car. Now, there's occasional, occasional, you know, um, you know twi- tweaks to that, but we, we're, we're music people. Jalen's a music person. I'm a music person. Our kids, our daughters, they love music, and, and like they, they, they have developed hearts that just love music. And I think that's because we love music and music is just kind of always on. But we decided that in our car, when we drive, we're going to only listen to worship music. And the reason is every day we spend some time in the car and we take that time to listen to worship music and allow the truth of, of, of the music that we're singing to, to, to work its way into our hearts and minds and our regular way, ways of thinking. And some, you know, sometimes that worship music is made for kids. Sometimes it's made for humans. And now you think that's a weird way to say this. That's what our daughters call grownups. Our daughters call grownups humans, which you know, is funny. You got kids and you got humans. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes that really works. But here's the thing. As we do that, their minds and their lives are becoming saturated with the honor of God, with praise God, with it becoming incredibly regular and routine to lift up the name of Jesus and to remind ourselves of the goodness and the greatness of God. And I've loved to see this play out. This actually happened last night in our, in our, in our small group that meets at our house. There's some songs that our girls have grown to love as worship music. And so in the, so we're, we're as, you know, as humans, we're meeting together in the, in, in the front of our house and our girls are in the back of the house with, with, with some, with some other kids, some other non-humans. And, and they get onto our Echo and onto our Alexa, and they say, you know, Alexa, would you play this song by so-and-so? And so now, because our girls have such a habit of worship and so have grown to love these songs, in the middle of our small group, you know, we're about to pray, and we're talking about the things of, of God as we discuss the book that we're discussing. And we start to hear, and I will make room for you to do it, from, from a whole bunch of five and six and seven-year-olds. And we're like, oh my gosh. It's precious. And that flows out of the fact that there's a habit that's now becoming the habit, becoming the experience of other people because what happens in us, God always wants to use to go beyond us. And so, again, it can look a lot of different ways. But the, the, for, 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 for you, it can look a lot of different ways for your family. But the key is to have some habit because as we build a worship, habit of worship raises our awareness of God's presence and activity as we place our eyes and place our attention on Him and who He is and what He does. God wants to use these habits to grow your life. God wants to use a habit of Bible spending time regularly reading and studying and internalizing his word so that he, so that you get in his word, so his word can get in you, so that you can know more of him. So you don't just know the Bible, but you know the God behind the Bible. God wants to use a habit of prayer so that you don't just have a habit where you re- regularly, routinely, and repetitively bring your requests over and over and over to God, although we're told to do that in scripture, but that you have an ongoing conversation with your heavenly father where he's your first line of defense. He gets to guide you on the front end and not just save you from the back end of a mistake and where he is, where you pursue him with your life, not just your moments of need. He wants to have a daily conversation with you where you get to spend some time inviting him into every aspect of your life. He wants to, to grow and add to your life through a habit of generosity where you give of your time, you give of your talent, and you give of your treasure to build the things that God cares about, that God cares about people, God cares about his church, God cares about people coming to know him. And so we give of our time and our talent and our treasure so that God has an opportunity regularly and routinely to, to change our heart, to transform our mind, and to transform our love so that it all ends up more and more like his. Because he loved, he gave. And when we grow in love, 
and when we grow our heart, when we grow our minds to be more like God's, our natural response will be to be generous towards what God cares about. And then the fourth thing is that God wants us to grow a habit of worship because God wants us to continually remind ourselves of His goodness, His greatness, His faithfulness, and that He is completely dependable. And when we, are really, when, when we remind ourselves of who He is on a regular basis with our own words and by echoing the words of someone else and by letting our artistic expression flow in the direction of God and turning our head in this, or our mind in, this, in the silence and solitude of life to the things of God and the greatness of God. And when we allow our gratitude to be poured out on a, on a paper journal or into a notebook, it just simply allows us to, to remind ourselves and refocus our lives on the goodness of God. God wants these habits to grow you. That's why he set them out in his word. That's why he's made them so clear and apparent. So today, I hope that we would understand that God wants to use these things to grow your life. God doesn't want to just grow a habit of generosity, and God doesn't want to just grow a habit of prayer, and God doesn't want to just grow a, prayer, a habit of Bible for the Bible's sake, and God doesn't want to just have a, 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 a habit of worship for worship's sake. God wants to use these habits to add to your life, to add awareness, to add to your dependence, to add to your trust in Him, to grow, to grow further in your heart like His, to grow further in your mind like His, to grow further in your love like His. God wants to use these habits to add to your life so that you'll become more and more and more the people that He wants you to be. And as we said last week, every one of these habits, it'll start with discipline. It won't be easy at first. It won't be comfortable at first. It won't be something that is enjoyable at first. But it becomes something that we will desire because we see what God does through it. And as we continue to undergird it with discipline and move forward, it will become something that brings incredible delight to our lives as we delight in the goodness of God, as we delight in the presence of God, as we delight in the activity of God, as we delight in inviting God into every moment of our lives through prayer. That's what God will do in us through these habits that add to our lives. And next week, I hope you'll join us because we're going to talk about four habits that God uses to take away things and prune our lives. Would you let me pray for you? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your word for us. Thank you that you speak to us through prayer. Thank you that you change our hearts through generosity. And thank you that you align our hearts and our minds and our lives through worship. And God, today I pray that we would take advantage of every single opportunity we have to build these habits that all start with discipline and then become desire and then become delight that we would immerse ourselves in your word. We would immerse ourselves in prayer. We would immerse ourselves in generosity. And we would immerse ourselves in worship so that we can allow you to add whatever it is that you want to add to our lives. Whether that's our, our awareness of you, our, our dependence and our trust on you, our, our heart becoming more like your heart, our mind becoming more like your mind, our love becoming more like your love, our growing in our ability and our willingness to follow you even when it doesn't make sense to us. God, I pray that we would simply give you permission to do in our lives whatever you want to do in our lives. And God, whatever it is that we are first drawn to today, I pray that we would grow that habit beginning today, that we would choose it beginning today. So God, help us to begin a habit of spending time in your word. Help us to begin and grow a habit of spending time with you in prayer and inviting you into every aspect of our lives. God, help us to begin and grow a habit of generosity. Help us to begin a habit of worship so that we honor and recognize you and our heart turns to the things that you care about most. And God, would you do in us with the, your simple addition, your simple but profound addition in and through our lives so that we look more like you and we think more like you and we love more like you and we trust you fully every single day of our lives. God, help us to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.